And all the time, it's so good. If you're here and new to Lincoln City Church, we want to welcome you um, uh, to Lincoln City Church. Well, we do pray a lot, we do sing a lot, and we do love a lot. I think you figured that out already. So we, we're happy that you're here, and we do have a gift for you uh, if you haven't received one already, just at the info desk behind the corner. Uh, they'll love to, to give you this wonderful gift. So thanks for being here. Everybody else, put yourself in the back a little bit because, you know, you look at the weather outside and you're thinking, hmm, do I go to church? Do I not? You know you thought about it, but you're here. God bless you. Uh, you know, I, you know, as we honor God with our week, the Lord honors us back. So thanks for being here. I want us to go to the message this morning. We're going to start a new series. And the title of the series is going to be called Keep Going. Come on, help me out a little bit. Keep going. Keep going. And so, and the first message in the series, which we will start today, is God, is basically that the subtitle would be Possessing the Promise. I want us to go to the book of Joshua and, uh, and, uh, and Joshua chapter one. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. There you go. That's starting from the very beginning. You know, there's something about, about faith. There's something about God that always calls us to moving, to moving forward. I know we proclaim a scripture that says stand still. And that's a different one. I'm not contradicting what we, 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 we proclaim there during the offering. But you'd find that, you know, when Jesus, uh, when Jesus called his disciples, um, uh, um, he found them one by one. And, and he told them, come and follow me. In other words... Join me in this motion school. I'm going somewhere, so follow me. And the, the disciples followed Jesus. As disciples of Jesus, we are called to follow him. And as he, as he was leaving them, he also gave them a command. What was the command? It's a great commission. Most of you know it. In fact, you probably can recite it with me. What did he tell them? Go. Go into the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And many times you'll see that when God, when, when the calling of God comes upon our lives, it, it, there's a command, there's a subsequent command that tells us to go, that commissions us to move and to do something. Because faith in itself is a walk. It says it's a walk of faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. God doesn't want us to, 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 to stand backwards and He doesn't want us to stand, to just stand at the same place because there's no such thing other than when standing against the enemy. Okay? And fighting. That's a different thing and we can talk about that later. Because once you stop growing and you start, stop moving forward, guess what happens? You start moving backwards. There's no such thing as, oh, well, I'm at the place, same place I was with God 10 years ago. If you're at the same place that you were with God 10 years ago, guess what? You're 10 years behind. Because everything that God does keeps moving forward. Even set the world into motion. Things move. You might be standing, thinking you're standing. But what God had for you is way ahead. Amen. So what I want to talk about today, and maybe in this series, is that, is that, is that, um, that, that drive and that call for us to, to not just go, but to keep on going. You know, it's easy to keep on going when things have been perfect. 
there's not been no resistance, there's been nothing uh, of a difficulty, of a challenge that comes our way. But sometimes the going changes when you get beat up at little times, when you fall down and, and stumble, when you hit hurdles and all that. And that's where many people quit going. They get distracted and never pick it right, right up, up and go. I want us to talk. Uh, so let's go to Joshua, and uh, I'm going to read uh, just five verses there, and then we'll come back and talk, all right? You, did you get Joshua? I was trying to give you time to find it if you didn't have it there. Chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on, a land, on the land I have given you. Another translation says, wherever you set your foot, the, the ground shall be yours to take. From Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north to the Euphrates River in the east and Mediterranean Sea to the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you, not abandon you, or I will not leave you, nor forsake you. Maybe your translation might say, Lord Jesus, thank you for the word today. Speak to our hearts. Let it accomplish in us the purpose for which you sent it, Lord. Help me, God, to deliver it in the way that you would have me do, God. No more or no less. Your spirit moving us today. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Joshua comes into the picture at a very interesting time in Israel because Israel, if you know the story, just the backstory a little bit, they had been living for over 400 years as slaves in Egypt. And God gave him a promise. He wanted him, them to, to, one, to actually be freed from the life of slavery. He wanted them to, 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 to establish our, their whole nation. And God wanted to use Israel as a model of a nation that would be a nation that honors God, the honors nation that follows God, and that in doing so, that they, are, they will be blessed beyond everybody else if they walk in obedience to the Lord. And Israel had come to a point where they had overcame slavery. They had come out of Egypt and they're heading into the place, their destiny where God had called them to be. God had this uh, magnificent plan for them. If you go through Exodus, you will see God talking to Moses and, and, uh, and giving him inspiration to go back and talk to the people and talk to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh, let my people go, let them be free so that they can worship God in liberty. And they've seen all these things. God does all sorts of miracles through the hand of Moses. So they've seen all sorts of things in their lives. They've seen God move in their lives and they, and they are delivered from, from slavery. God does all sorts of miracles. He makes a way where there is no way. They come into the Red Sea and, and, uh, and the Israelites, are, uh, the, the, the Egyptians had bias remorse after they figured out all oh, the slaves are gone. What would happen to our economy? They start going after them and God does only what God can do. He makes a way where there was no way and I believe I'll see you do it again. He opens the Red Sea up. Allows them to cross over. They get to the other side. 
And it closes up the sea again and all their enemies that were after them are completely destroyed. And that God still does it again. He'll do it in your life. Maybe you are in a place where you're just like the Israelites. You found your place. You can't go back. You can't go forward. You're at a standstill. And God's saying, no, I haven't called you to just stand. I've called you to move forward. Say, God, there's nowhere to go. In front of me, it's horrible. Behind me, oh my goodness, I can't go back. He makes a way where there is no way. And I tell you today, if you believe, you'll see him do it again. Do it in your life. And so they've gone, Israelites have gone through this. There's this picture that God has painted for them. What he wants, his ideal situation for their lives is. Is that he's going to give them. In fact, he uses words like, I will give you, give you land that flows with milk and honey. I'm going to let him cause you to prosper. Your houses will be great. You will do, no one will be able to stand against you. And they have this picture of the Lord's promise in their lives. And it's absolutely incredible. It's a dream. It's everything that they could possibly imagine. Realizing these are people that have been born in slavery generationally. And God shows them that your life is about to change. Your past does not define your destiny because your destiny is in my hands and here's what I have for you. The plans that I have concerning you, God says, Jeremiah. The plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future. And I hope these people, they go out and they start following their leader, Moses. But for 40 years, they live in the desert wandering in the wilderness, and they would not see the promise. They would not see the land. They were moving along all right. They lost many people in the wilderness, many casualties. And they would not see the promise. That generation with Moses, had God lied to them? No, he hadn't. The promise still stands. And as those people are leaving, God saying to Joshua, I call Moses to go. But don't get all comfortable right here in the wilderness. God, even in the, in the wilderness, God still provided for them. They saw miraculous provision. Every day, God will provide manna from heaven for them to eat and uh, and he would provide a shelter in the scorching sun and heat. You know, he would provide a pillar of clouds over, um, uh, over, over them and protect them from, from just that extreme temperatures. At night, God will have a pillar of fire to protect them from, from, from the cold at night. He still provided for them and they saw his faithfulness even in the wilderness. But that generation would not stand. And yet God had promised those people that he would take him to a land of promise. He would take him to a land of destiny where they will live happily ever after. And I want to say many of them gave up. You read the story. Many of them started actually turning their uh, on Moses. Some of them would be like, oh, Moses, you know, it was a lot better for us in Egypt. At least we had stake there. And you know that was not true. But that's the reality of what happens when we quit going. When God's called us to go and we get to a place and we camp, we set up tent, 
and we decide we're going to live on the tent. God has a mansion for us, but we are content. And we've been thinking the slavery might have been better. It might have been better back then when I didn't serve the Lord. At least I could do anything I wanted to do without any accountability. And start dreaming about Egypt. If you're dreaming about Egypt, don't go there. Don't even start. So these people would actually, they've seen God move. But they got comfortable in the wilderness, in the life of complaining and moping and sitting down there and start reminiscing on slavery days, comparing their lives with the non-believers on the other side, thinking that their non-believing friends maybe are better off than they are. And those people would not see the promise. Then Moses dies, and God tells Joshua, you know, I'm still not done. I'm still not done with you guys. This is not your destiny. You need to pick up, Joshua. I need you to move. I want you to keep going. Because unless you keep going, you're not going to see the promise. And Joshua still had a choice. And if that generation had a choice, whether they're going to just dwell and be content in living well beneath what God had intended for them to live, or whether they're going to press through and keep going and fight and face every challenge that they would face, but ensure that they keep going. And I, you know, the, the story of the Israelites and their progression and their move is, well, it's a picture actually of our work as believers. It's a, it's a, it's a, all the things that we go through in life. I mean, if you've never read the story, you need to crack up your Bible starting today and start reading back and, and be acquainted with it because it applies to everything the way we live right now. It applies to us as a people, collectively, but it also applies to us individually in the way we walk our lives and how we follow God. And so Joshua, God, the Lord comes to Joshua and he says, Joshua, I know you might be discouraged because the guy you've been working with, your leader Moses, is dead. And you know he was a servant of the Lord. He had the Lord's voice. He gave us the Ten Commandments. He gave us a structure for law that's being used to this day. He's dead. He's not here. He's gone. He's done his share. He's done his work. But here's what I want you to do, Joshua. I want you to go and take these people to the plan, place, the promise, the land that I promised them. I want you, Joshua, to know this from me. That as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. What I've done before, I'll do it again. These are not just words we are singing, guys. We're prophetically declaring the, the Lord's word over these songs. It's not just good lyrics that someone thought up sometime. The Lord who did it, he says, I'm the God who was with Moses. And I'm promising you today that just as you saw me walk through Moses' life, I will walk through your life. I want you to know that I will never leave you. Verse 5. I will not forsake you. But what I want you to do is I want you to move. I want you to keep going. 
quit wandering about in the wilderness. I have something for you. I have a dream for you. I have a destiny for you. I have something greater for you. Don't live underneath that. I have something greater for you. So if you want to get what I have for you, get up and keep going. But God, you don't know. It's been so horrible for us here. Just want to cry, Lord. Because my life is miserable. I think some people in Egypt even look better. Their lives seem to be going on well because they post everything that on Facebook. It's their favorite 20 seconds of the week got captured. And their miserable worries for 24 hours were not captured. And we start comparing that 20 second snapshot of absolute beauty and gloriousness and awesomeness. And we think, why do I even serve God? I'd just rather sit here and cry. The Lord says, Joshua, that's not what I have for you guys. Because he puts the responsibility on Joshua. He says, here's my promise. But he says, everywhere you set your foot, that ground will already be yours to possess. I've already given it to you. If you want it, get up and keep going, Joshua. Keep going. So true for our lives. I wanted to kind of think, just to, this is to help me more than to help you, just to help me stay focused a little bit, because I could go, woo, so many different places, because I have a lot to say. But for us to keep going, there's some things that we need to understand. The first one that Joshua had to understand, that we need to understand, is that we need to understand the prophetic word. The prophetic word. Did I just give you point number one? Joshua, God reminds him. He says, Joshua, I promise you what I promised Moses. I promise you what I promised Moses. In other words, just because I said that to Moses like 40-some, 50-some years ago, does not mean that that stopped there. Because what I speak, says the Lord, my word will always stand. I want to remind you that the promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. So in other words, when God was speaking to Moses, he was speaking prophetically, not just a word for Moses at that very moment that he needed. God was speaking to Moses a word that will continue to sustain him through the wilderness and sustain sub subsequent generations if they would stand on his word. So God reminds Joshua that, hey, I haven't pulled back on my promise. 
I know your parents did not make it. I know some of your favorite people, your mentors, kind of gave up on the wilderness. And some of them even died along the way. But I haven't pulled my promise back. My promise still stands. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. You're going to go to a place. And let me tell you about this place so you can prepare yourself. When you go to the place where I'm calling you, you will find people that are bigger than you there. You'll find people that are stronger than you there. They're more influential than you, richer, more capable, more gifted, more talented than you. Heads up. Don't be afraid. Isn't that so true about our lives sometimes? As we start pursuing that dream and that calling of God upon our lives, and we start meeting people and finding out, you thought you were a rock star, and you find out, oh my goodness. I was rock star in my own pool. (laughs) This world is bigger, man. There's real talent out there. I think it's so telling, though, that they will not go to the land of dwarves. God sent them to the land of giants. And that in doing so, though, I believe, one, it had to challenge their faith. And it did challenge. Some of them wanted to go back. There's no way. No way we're taking those people. Forget you, Joshua. You're on your own. Because it's too big. But God says, yes, it's too big. But you're not going in your own strength. They might be more talented, more gifted. Maybe they're better qualified at a job than you are. But if the Lord's favor is upon your life, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. The Canaanites were a lot stronger. They were a lot more talented. That was no doubt. It was pretty evident. But nonetheless, God said, that's your place and you will take them. Because with me, nothing is impossible. You have to stand on the promise. You have to stand on the prophetic. To keep going, the thing that actually gets us going is not our own word. It's not our own confidence. No. It's the confidence on who who said it. It's who gave the promise. It's not about us at all. It's about him. You try doing it on your own. Motivate yourself. That's great. But without God, there is no way they could have taken the Canaanites. The Canaanites were better. Period. They were just that good. But with God, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter any obstacle. It doesn't matter how intimidating it may look for you. It doesn't matter what odds are against you. It doesn't matter. You keep standing on the promise that God has made for you. Joshua is a prophetic message. Joshua, even his name is prophetic. Joshua means Jesus. In the Hebrew, it's the same word. Joshua and Jesus, the same word, Yeshua. Jesus comes to save the people. You know, when John the Baptist talks about Jesus, he'll come and save his people from their sins. Joshua came to save their people and and to deliver them into the promise. 
So it's in, the name in itself, his calling in itself, is, is a prophetic in nature. What we do in moving forward and keep on going, even when the odds are so against us, the thing that keeps us going is a promise. Dwelling upon the Lord's word. God reminded Joshua, my promise hasn't changed. You know what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1.20? He says about the promises of God. He says, for as many as the promises of God, for as many as are the promises of God, in Him, in Christ, they are yes. In Him, they are amen. By us who glorify God. There's over 7,000 promises in the Bible. There's a promise for every challenge, for every problem that we may face. But yet God says, all of the promises of God, we've got to stand on that. They are yes and amen in Christ. Isn't it interesting that even the Great Commission, we're told to go. Why do we deviate from going? We face things. Right? Let, me, let me go to the second thing and I'll finish that thought. The second thing we need is really possessing. Well, the, the second thought I have today is just that the, the, the goal and the mission was to possess the promise, the inheritance that God had for them. That was the mission. God had no other plans for them but to actually get them to their inheritance, to feel, live in the fullness of what God had in store for them. That was his agenda. And he's trying to motivate them. Don't stay here. This is so much smaller than what I have for you. That's not my destiny for your life. So God had to start up uh, Joshua's faith to lead the people with a focused mentality that we are going into the land that has been promised to us. And we know that to move into a place is one thing, and to possess it, possess it is another. To actually come and just dwell and get rent a place, and says, "Okay, landlord, this is no longer yours. It's my property. You try that. It's not gonna work. They're gonna face people that are stronger than them, and say, hey." We're taking over. We're not only moving in, we're taking over. If you look at their lives and what they had experienced outside of the miracles that they'd seen, the Bible tells us so many reasons why many of them gave up. They threw in the towel. Because they... was so focused on what they did not have that their eyes were completely blind of what they did have. The comparison, what I said earlier, happens to us. You could have so many good things happening in your life, but one horrible thing can dim out all the good things. You have so many people that love you and appreciate you for who you are. Oh, but one or two people that make you know 
how they dislike you and how uncool you are. And you spend hours thinking about that. That's the world. That's how the enemy works. These guys, think about this, would have manna. We will have food from heaven. I mean, whoever thought about that? I wish you could eat snow. That was probably... Snow comes down for us. They get ice cream from heaven. Every day. I think it was ice cream. No. (laughs) My wife said no, it wasn't. Because it was... Just to think about just the miracle of that at all. Let's say God did nothing else but just that. Wouldn't that be cool? And guess what? He did way more than that. He did way more than that. But what did they see? They saw what they didn't have. They saw their disadvantage. They saw how the other nations were living good. They saw how hard things had been for them. Many of them decided, it's all right, we're going to just die here. We'll live here. I really lost the drive. Lost that drive for the promise. Joshua and Caleb were not like that. You remember the story when they went out to spy the land. When they entered the, the, um, um, the promised land, Joshua, Caleb, who was 80 years old, 80 years old, he got there and he was so much vigor and so much enthusiasm as he got there. And you know what Caleb would say? He makes a proclamation. Is that I'm ready to fight. I'm just as excited today as I was 40 years ago when the Lord gave us the promise to begin with. He says, you gave me my mountain. I know that's mine. And I'm ready to go in. So, guy, why did he stay so on fire the whole time? He kept that word. He remembered that promise. He remembered the prophetic word. When, 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 when things are going back, he says, God, you promised this, and I believe it. And so he's 80 now. I have met many 80-year-olds that are as strong as a 40-year-old. But he's saying, I'm just as eager and ready to take, the, to, take, to take on people at 80 as I was when I was 40. And, and he saw it. Something was different in his attitude. He didn't just see the obstacles that he faced each time. Because if we see obstacles, our God is bigger than the obstacles. It is Caleb that says that I know that they are bigger. I know that they are stronger. But in the eyes of our God, they are just like grasshoppers. So we will go and we can take him with God's help. It wasn't arrogance. It was more about who. He understood who God was. Now, last thing. Here's what it says before I finish the last thing. Galatians 6, 9 says... But let us not become weary in doing good. For just the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And lastly, it's about possessing and to keep on going if we are to keep on going. 
That's not what Paul says not to give up. Is that we need to keep on going. What's interesting is that with that war, and I, we'll talk a little bit more about this later um, in, in the series, but <clears throat> the, the game plan had changed completely once they crossed to the promise. When they were going through the wilderness, God provided everyday manna from heaven. God provided a shelter for them in the sun. But when they go to the promise, guess what they had to do? They had to fight. They weren't walking through places and everybody runs, even though people had heard. Story. If you read the Bible, people had heard what God had done for the people. And so the enemies were already intimidated by them and they had no idea. But they had to take action. They had to grow. I remember when I first, when I was a new believer, and I started discovering that God is not some person way out in far distant land in heaven, that God was relatable, and that salvation brings us to a place of relationship, and that we actually, when we pray, He does hear us, that He does answer us, that He does want us to walk. You know, as you start discovering this about God, how many got to a point in your life as you're walking with God and you start discovering these things about God and they're like, wow, wow, wow. He's that real. And I remember I was probably around 17 years old when, when I was really growing in, in, in my faith in God and I, my relationship was just really expanding and I'm discovering that really nothing, this is through revelation, that nothing was impossible with God. And God has a way of showing us that He's faithful, that He hears us when we are really, when you start diving into getting deeper in Him. He has ways to show you marks along the way. Yep, I'm with you. I, was the, I, I never left you. Like I said, I would never leave you. I have always been here. When you went through the, yep, I was right there. And He has a way uh, of speaking to us individually if we pursue him, that he gives us that confidence in him. And I remember, man, I'd pray for anything. that happened. I remember, I remember like you go in and you pray for somebody that's sick and they get healed in- instantly and you're like, you want to freak out at first and then you realize, no, 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 that was God and that he is real. You pray for something, just something happens miraculously. Oh, wow. But it starts keep building your confidence and your faith in the reality of the present God who is relatable and is looking out for you. And then as I was starting to progress in my walk, as I'm learning the word, I'm uh, very inspired uh, by, by Paul. Uh, it was a great inspiration for me in the Bible. And I, and I remember hearing me, one, you know, um, you know, I, I think, I mean, you bring a dead person, we'll raise him up because at that time God, everything, you just believe everything. And then I thought, oh my goodness, All those people did die. And then God started teaching you another level of understanding. You're growing in your faith, but you're also growing in the word. And that's understanding God at a deeper level. And this is what God was doing for them. Provided for them through the wilderness. But now he was raising them to a new level. But in that new level, God was saying, now I want you to fight. But even in your fighting, I'm not going to leave you. Just as I was with you before, I'm going to be with you throughout. 
And this is where I'm going to end this in just a minute and land this plane because we can continue. You might be right now in a dry season in your life or you feel like you hit a wall where the miraculous are not happening. I was like, when I first came to the Lord and things were just happening for me. Now I'm going to tell you, God has not left you. God is stretching you because he wants you to grow to a new level. And in growing to a new level, you have to fight through that. New challenges, new experiences, but that is how your faith grows. He says that the testing of our faith produces patience. And God was not interested in just them living a cozy life. He already said, I have good plans for you. And guess what? I'm never going to leave you. Just know that. Could you trust me for the next level? And that's why we move from one faith, from glory to glory, from glory to glory. And the other thing in those moments, hear me this, is that God knows. He's saying, you are qualified for this battle. Because he will never lead us to a place where he cannot deliver us. So the head of the battle is saying, I know, I have trust in you that you can get through this and you will fight and you will come out on the other side victorious. Because I said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Whatever mountain, whatever obstacle you might be facing in your life does not surprise God in any means, but God has faith in you. That if you keep trusting him, he will get you through the other side and you will be at a higher place than you are today. He wants you to possess the promise. He wants you to hit the land. I'm going to finish with a video. Oh, boy. I'm... Did I start this service late or what? No, I did not. It's good. How many received something from the Lord today? You're all right. I'm going to have a stand and pray. I realize I don't have to say anymore. It's going to be exciting. I, I'm, I'm excited. That's why I say I have so much to say. But we have a series. And so next week there will be even more. And so I want us to just pray for a moment right now. And I don't know why I'm feeling this heavy right now in my heart. But this year is a year of promise for many people. New heights. New heights, new levels. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Just begin to thank the Lord where you are. Thank you for your faithfulness. Help us to see all your blessings. Help us, Lord, 
to not be intimidated by the enemy. Help us, God, to not be discouraged or afraid. Help us, God, to see you for who you are. Help us, Lord, to stand on your promise that you will never leave us, you will never forsake us. Anywhere we go to, Lord, that we go, that you're with us, Lord. Moving us, Lord, that your spirit inspire faith in us. We bind the enemy. We refuse every lie. We refuse every attack. We refuse every spirit of discouragement in the name of Jesus. And we speak, Lord, faith. Give us that insight, that faith that Joshua and Caleb had to stand on that promise that was given so long ago, but it was fresh and alive in them many years later. For those, Lord, where the promise has been dormant in their hearts, Lord, I pray that you will bring the promise, the prophetic, alive in the name of Jesus. Those that have never believed you for great things, today I pray that their hearts will be sparked with the fire of your spirit as we had last eight week to bring freshness and boldness and believe your promise, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We adore you, Lord. We honor you. Hallelujah. Come on, just worship him right there. And if communion team would come, this would be the time.